0: When you think of weed, you probably think of...
1: Blue Mystic. Sour Diesel. Girl Scout Cookies. Pineapple Express. Skywalker OG. Bubba Kush. Alaskan Thunder, Super Silver Haze. Purple Kush. Durban Poison. Jack Herrera. Death Star. Orange. Bruce Bannon. Stunt number one. Stardust. Strawberry X, XXX.
2: Yep, cannabis culture has in the past been associated with hippies and stoners. Take for
0: instance the out there weed strain names you heard at the top of the show.
2: I'm Jenny Kaplan. And I'm Lindsay Rupp. Last year on Material World, we talked about the legal weed industry and the entrepreneurs involved, like Cheech Marin. Today, we're revisiting the topic to see how weed status is starting to change. Companies are trying to attract mainstream customers who might have previously been scared off by that stereotyped rhetoric and style.
0: Before we get further into how the perception and branding of weed is shifting, Let's examine where the
2: substance stands from a regulatory standpoint. It is pretty confusing. Jenny, you cover this industry. What's the deal right now? Where is it legal? What does it mean to be legal in a state but not federally? How does it all work? Well, first of
0: all, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau laid out a framework to legalize pot federally in Canada on April 13th. That'll really simplify things up there. But here in the U.S., it's still quite a complicated business to get into. Cannabis is legal for adult use in Alaska, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, and Washington, D.C. That means one in five Americans can smoke, vape, drink, or eat cannabis as they please under state law. More than half of states have also passed medical marijuana laws, though those laws differ greatly from state to state. The state legal industry was worth about $6 billion in 2016 and is expected to reach $50 billion by 2026, according to Cowan & Company.
2: For comparison, that's about the same size as the North American savory snack market. It's also probably important to mention
0: that in states that have fully legalized this past November, California, Maine, Massachusetts, and Nevada, you shouldn't try to just walk into a store and buy the product now. The majority of those states are currently handing out licenses, and people will start selling
2: to adult consumers starting in 2018. Even so, it's an industry in flux. Marijuana is federally illegal, and it looks like it's going to stay that way.
0: Yes, the Trump administration has not been particularly clear on its position on weed. In April 1990, long before Trump ran for president, he called for all drugs to be legalized, saying the U.S. was losing the war on drugs. Last year, during his campaign, in a town hall with Chris Matthews, Trump said,
1: In terms of medical, I think I am basically for that. I've heard some wonderful things in terms of medical. Uh, I'm watching Colorado very carefully, see what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. I'm getting some very negative reports. I'm getting some okay reports, but I'm getting some very negative reports coming out of Colorado as to what's happening, so we'll see what happens.
0: At other stops on the campaign, he kept the approving stance on medical marijuana, but fluctuated on adult use,
2: often saying it should be a state-by-state decision. And since the election ended, it's gotten even more confusing for the industry. Press Secretary Sean Spicer said the
0: White House was okay with medical, but not recreational.
3: I think there's a big difference between medical marijuana, which states have a Um, The states where it's allowed, in accordance with the appropriations rider, have set forth a process to administer and, and, um, and regulate that usage versus recreational marijuana. That's a very, very different subject.
0: Meanwhile, Attorney General Jeff Sessions has said he's against all marijuana legalization, including medical.
4: I, as you know, am dubious about marijuana. If states I get, can pass whatever laws they choose, but I'm not sure we're going to be a better, healthier nation than if uh, we have uh, marijuana being sold at every corner grocery store. I just don't think that's going to be a good for us.
0: He's the guy to watch because he has the authority to reverse policies the Obama administration put in place that makes participating in the industry a bit less risky and more manageable. So where do all of these companies stand? In some ways, the industry is in a bit of a limbo, but that's not unusual. These entrepreneurs have been operating under semi-legal circumstances since founding their companies. Weed is actually regulated more strictly than cocaine and methamphetamine
2: by the federal government. With this background in mind, let's talk about how the industry is changing. With all that risk that we've
0: talked about comes the potential for serious reward. Cannabis is a fledgling industry with real
2: promise. People have called it the Green Rush. Right now, there aren't any household pot names. There's no Budweiser or Coca-Cola of weed. For many people in the business, that's their goal.
0: To get there, cannabis companies must appeal to a broader audience. For Jim Patterson, CEO of Ease, the changing perception of weed was one of the reasons he got into the industry.
4: This product is very clearly a market and, you know, users are responding to it. And it was very clear that there was a lot of momentum um, in the country behind, you know, legalization and destigmatization. So Ease was sort of this, you know, once in a generation opportunity to not only build a company, but actually help uh, build an industry.
2: Ease is a California-based technology company that facilitates cannabis delivery. They've raised $23 million from venture capital.
4: Ease is an app that you can download onto your phone. Once you sign up, we actually verify your eligibility. So you take a photo, use your phone camera to take a photo of your identification as well as your medical recommendation. Um, right now, Ease is 100% uh, medical marijuana. Uh, we're going to be potentially looking at adult use next year if California makes that switch. But right now, we verify your eligibility. And then once you're eligible, you're actually able to place an order through the app. Um, that order is routed to uh, a nearby dispensary and then a delivery driver will actually deliver it to your home in about 20 to 30 minutes. We also have another, um, another product called EaseMD so that if you come to Ease and you don't actually have a medical recommendation, we actually connect you directly to uh, a doctor via video chat, um, and you're able to uh, talk to the doctor and, in most cases, able to get your medical recommendation electronically right there uh, from your phone. For, for many people, you can go from not having a medical Hard at all to both having a medical card and a delivery um, in about 30 minutes.
0: Last year, Ease did half a million deliveries. That means they have a whole lot of purchasing data. Jim says that data shows changes in the industry in terms of the products being purchased and the people doing that purchasing.
4: So I think for a lot of people when they think of cannabis they, they typically think of, you know, joints or, or what we call flour in the industry. So that's the buds that you would um, you know, combust and inhale. And you know, when Ease started two and a half years ago, if you look at our data, eighty five percent of Ease's sales was flour. If you fast forward to just say last month, that number has dropped from 85% to 37%. And what we've seen is a very massive rise in in other product types. So specifically the top two right now are vaporizer cartridges and edibles. We're seeing lots and lots of different product categories. And I think what what that's doing is it's bringing in a lot of different demographics um, of people. So in addition to the product preferences changing, we're actually seeing um, the demographics change. So, you know, on Ease last year, our fastest two growing demographic segments were female and, uh, and baby boomers. Um, you know, and you can just really see just the, the cannabis um, industry, the consumer is really just starting to reflect the general population. I don't think that um, the cannabis is the type of product that's going to have ultimately, um, you know, any bias towards male or female or, any, or really any age. So I think what we'll see over the next couple of years is, the typical cannabis consumer will look like the typical American. And, you know, that's really the story that we're seeing now in, the, in our data. I think what we're going to see this year is an absolute explosion in cannabis-infused products. I mean, we're looking at um, macaroons, tea, bonbons, bagels. It's just, you know, one of our top-selling products are, is actually a cannabis-infused mint there's uh, different flavors, so there's like cinnamon, some with CBD, so all different. Not only um, you know different ways to consume, but ways to tailor the effect, right? So maybe some people you know want to feel a bit more relaxed, so they would go with uh, more of an indica, um, or maybe they want to you know have more of a pain, so they're looking for more of a high CBD product. So there's a lot of opportunity for these brands to differentiate around form factor and effect.
2: All those products are appealing to consumers for different purposes, and some of them might even come as a surprise.
5: We're designing formulas that to deliver a specific health benefit. So each formula has a, a very specific blend of cannabinoids and terpenes, and we've designed, we've blended those terpenes and cannabinoids in such a way that you'll have a targeted experience. So we have six formulas, uh, bliss, which is a mood elevator. Calm, which is an anti-anxiety formula. Sleep, which helps you sleep. Uh, relief, which is an anti-inflammatory and pain uh, you know, t- pain treatment. And we have two formulas called Passion Arouse that are designed around heightening the intimacy of the occasion. So helping you get more and enjoy sex better. Get more out of it.
1: Okay.
2: That's Derek McCarty, Vice President of Marketing at
1: Humboldt. You'll hear more from him later. Sonoma Coma, Professor Kale, Sweet Deep Grapefruit, Titanic, Tommy's Homegrown, Beast Mode 2.
0: To get a sense of this changing market in action, I headed to a dispensary in Denver, Colorado to talk to customers about the products they were buying and why.
6: I really like the, the oils. And especially because they tell you the, how much percentage you have in the THC and if it's CBD and all that. Right. So I like being informed of what I'm buying. Enjoy what they call wax now out here I was used to what was called hash in the 70s so there's some new products out here that were never there in the 70s because they're being legal
2: right
6: and um, we found being here it's wonderful
0: uh, we just picked up some
2: fancy truffles that are peanut butter and jelly flavored four pre-rolls a little bit of Flour and um, what was the last thing we got? Big pen. Oh yeah, paper
1: cartridge. Disposable. I tend to vape most. I like edibles too. <laughs> but,
2: oh. Yeah, I, I pretty much try everything, like from you know dabbing oils to consuming an edible, um, or even topicals. Like I find use for those pretty frequently too. So. Yeah, there's a use for almost everything. <laughs> to keep bringing in more consumers like the ones you just heard, Jim, like other ganjapreneurs, says it's vital to further the normalization of the industry.
4: What we feel like has to be done is you have to separate cannabis from that stoner culture. Most people are actually in favor of cannabis, and I mean most, right? The majority of Americans, just on the face of it, are in favor of cannabis legalization in some form, but um, most people also have a very strong negative reaction to, you know, what I would call the sort of stoner culture um, of the past. So I think what has to be done for companies, and we can see it not only with ease, but a lot of the new brands that are coming out, right? These brands look a lot like products you'd buy at, you know, a high-end beauty shop or a GNC, right? They're not, you know, the the logo isn't black and green or with marijuana leaves or or clouds of smoke. So I think what we're seeing now is, and where where I see Ease playing a big role, is really helping to, you know, professionalize and, you know, destigmatize the industry really to make it approachable to the mass market consumer, As well as, you know, we want to help regulators because, you know, what's happening is that that people are consuming products that are untested, right? You know, nobody knows where where that stuff's coming from off the illicit market. Whereas if you look at a state like California with the the adult use framework, you know, every product has to be batch tested um, by an independent third-party lab. That doesn't really exist in in an illicit market.
0: Ease is helping to professionalize the delivery of cannabis. There are also a whole bunch of companies working to make stigma-free
2: brands. Right. These are the people trying to become a household brand name. One of those companies is Botanica, a brand creation company based in Washington state that develops edible weed products. Chris Abbott and Tim Moxie were classmates
0: at Dartmouth Business School. After spending time in finance and product development, Chris and Tim
2: decided to start a weed company. Botanica develops and owns the intellectual property for a variety of different edibles brands that they then sell to partners who manufacture them in each state. That's important because weed can't cross state lines or it becomes a federal product and therefore illegal.
3: We started with a brand called Spot, and it's basically a black packaging uh, with a circle on it, uh, and the circle will have a number in it, and the number is how strong it is, right? So front and center, if it's got a 10 in there, it has 10 milligrams in it. And we use the color of the spot to denote the type of cannabis in it. And roughly, uh, indica is the sort of the the down, the slow, the relaxed one, and that got a blue color. And the sativa is the more racy, energetic uh, high that you can get, and that was a red one. And we had a hybrid, which was green in the middle. So you had different color spots with a number in the center.
0: Spot's labels are designed to make extremely clear what kind of product you're getting
2: and the dosage in each edible. They later decided to launch a less expensive brand.
6: In my mind, it was someone driving home from the end of the day after work and stopping
3: in the store and wanting to get something that was just really fun. We're seeing a real, I think, an increase in packaging fun that's coming out now as brands get away from being cannabis, cannabis, cannabis. And it's like, well, hang on, we're just a product. So we're we're now putting into... Uh, We do cookies and we're doing some chocolates.
0: They decided to stick to edibles because edibles make it easier to control the amount of THC, the psychoactive part of weed, and other components of the plant like CBD, which has a lot of the medical benefits. Botanica Seattle, the company that sells Botanica's brands in Washington state, is the biggest edible player in that market.
6: People are very familiar and people are used to consuming herbs for different to, to have different effects in their life. And it's a lot of how we saw cannabis, is cannabis was, it's, it's just a plant. And we thought that that may help some people approach cannabis with the idea that it is
3: an herb and it's been blended with a couple other herbs to to, to sort of drive experience. You said the the discreet side of it. When we made these cookies and chocolates, we realized that actually some people don't want to have a big bag of cookies or chocolates there. So the discreet part of it was really important, and there was a part of the market that wanted a subtle addition to their life. So the mints are pretty low in potency, but you add to that these herbs and you kind of get this effect that will come out, but it's a subtle effect as opposed to a a big effect. And you know, there's many, many ways that I think people are using cannabis. The mints are the best selling product in the state. So we've ended up with a product that is low on the cannabis side, but has a lot of consumption. And we're learning more now about how sort of people are using it, and I think that's one of the big, big things to say here. Cannabis is used by a tremendous number of people. There is no age range or demographic that typifies the cannabis consumer. Uh, historically, you had sort of the um, the stereotype of what that would be, right? The guy at sort of fest or something. Um, But the truth is, those are the people who self-identified with the market, who were happy to say, I consume cannabis. The reality was, a lot of people were consuming cannabis, they just didn't tell you about it because they had a job. Um, So now the market has become a legal one, you're seeing a big opening up of the people to say, well, actually, I, I am using it, but I'm using it this way. And it's not in the way you would have expected me to use it.
2: For Tim, a big part of making a brand that would appeal to a broad swath of people was figuring out how to create a manageable dose.
3: Uh, cannabis is relatively benign, especially at the very low end, right? So if you have one of our mints, it's a very low-level uh, experience. A really nice one, actually. It's an, it's an addition to sort of your life. Once you start to break down the, the barriers that people have around it, right, and you say, actually, I've had that, and it was nice. Like, I want to make a product called the CBD Mint. CBD Mint has five milligrams of CBD, and CBD is anti-inflammatory and it's through the body, but it's not felt in the brain. So you just feel a little more relaxed, and it's a hard thing to kind of describe uh, because it's in the body not in the brain. You just end up with this feeling of being kind of in a nice, you just feel a bit nice. Um, We describe it as, it feels like you're getting a hug. Yeah.
0: Standardized doses are really important for helping people manage how much weed they're actually consuming. Most people don't have time to gamble with being too high. There's a now-famous Maureen Dowd column about doing exactly that that's been a real pain in the butt for the industry.
2: One company that's really figured out the dosing thing is California-based Humboldt.
0: Like Botanica, Humboldt has focused on creating manageable, repeatable doses. We talked to Chief Marketing Officer Derek McCarty about what that means.
5: Humboldt uh, was really designed to be able to provide um, a safe, repeatable experience around cannabis. So we essentially focused on what we thought was the biggest barrier to entry for people that are looking to use some sort of alternative alternative therapy to pharmaceuticals. Um, And cannabis is a really powerful medicine. And the biggest issue when people start to think about coming into the space is Again, it's that idea of a safe, targeted and effective and repeatable experience, really understanding they know what they're going to get out of that experience. And when we thought about that, it really comes down to one major problem, which is dose. And there's two parts to dose. There is the volume. How much of this thing am I getting? And then really what's in that thing? And and with plant-based medicine, you know, plants are really susceptible to the environment around them, and there's a lot of volatility in the kind of chemical structure as a plant grows. So you have to do some and invest some love and time and energy to be able to make sure that you're having that consistent experience and the consistent makeup of the chemical profile and chemical compounds in the plant. So what we've done is we've, on the volume side, we've designed and built a medical-grade vaporizer that delivers a precise two and a quarter milligram dose. We use a combination of a specific heat ramp that, that activates the compounds in the formula in a really specific way, and we use airflow control, and then we use timing. So all those three work in harmony together to deliver a two and a quarter milligram dose. When you use a humble dose pen, you breathe in one steady inhale, and after three seconds, the pen vibrates and shuts off. And that's how we've solved the kind of the volume piece around dose. And that's that's that experience ensures that you'll have a consistent and repeatable experience each and every time. We've really focused on creating a product that's simple and easy to use and allows the patient to control their experience.
2: The Humboldt vape pens do not look like a stereotypical pot product. And that's on purpose.
5: We've really focused on. Taking the visual and language and linguistic cues from the health and wellness space, so rather than asking people to look at cannabis differently, we've just gone, "Hey, we're going to lean into the frame. We're going to lean into the con- to the perceptions that you already have around a therapeutic tool, and we're going to orient around that. So that's the kind of that's the guidance is to create a platform, create a product experience that allows people to." They're kind of just, it pulls from a different set of cues for people, and those are all around health moments. We're really focused on how do we take what we've been able to do in California and make it accessible, uh, you know, to the widest audience we can. So that, you know, that obviously looks at expanding outside the state and then, You know, and then into the future, expanding outside the country. And, you know, also we just look at what else can we do to help people sleep better, enjoy a pain free life? What can we do to help people ease anxiety? And I think when we start to think about that, plant based wellness is a holistic thing. It's, you know, the sum of the parts are greater than the whole. So I think we're really interested in what other things we can do to surround the experience around Humboldt to make sure that you're having a healthy and happy life.
6: There's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity to create really interesting products, and you know, for Tim and I, I think it's part of that intellectual exercise of trying to figure out where this market could go. It's it is a, a big piece of the fun, and why we're in it is to be a part of the be a part of the journey. Part of the journey, man. man.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Laughing Buddha, Blue Crack, Hemp Dog. Columbian Gold, Alice in Wonderland, Blotty Dottie, Blueberry, Yum Yum, Redheaded Stranger, Galactic Jack.
0: Barring some sort of shocking change of regulatory framework, The legal weed market is set to expand rapidly and extensively.
2: The opportunity is huge. It's also so rare to have the ability to actually shape an industry.
0: There will one day be a Budweiser or Coke of weed. To get there, companies have to make products that are easy to understand
2: and safe to use. That's why products with good branding and clear value propositions will likely succeed. I'd be much more likely to use a product whose name tells me what it does, like Humboldt's Calm, or is easy to consume, like a mint, rather than one with a jargony name like some of the more traditional weed strains.
0: The wild card here is the federal government. But considering that this is a multi-billion dollar industry that's expected to employ 283,000 people by 2020, and the would-be cost of additional federal enforcement, It's only a matter of time till a pot company, maybe even one of the ones we talked to today, becomes
2: a household brand name. That's it for this week's episode of Material World. Thanks for listening. For more Material World and for other great Bloomberg shows like Game Plan, check out iTunes, Bloomberg.com, or wherever you listen to shows like this. If you like what you heard and you feel so inclined, please write and review the show. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at LC Rep and Jenny's at Jenny M. Kaplan. To find out more about the guests this week, you can find Ease on Twitter
0: at Ease underscore team, Humboldt at HMBLDT, and Botanica at www.botanicaseattle.com.
2: Material World is produced by Magnus Henriksen and Liz Smith. Alec McCabe is the head of Bloomberg Podcasts. We'll be back in two weeks.
1: Alaskan Ice Frankenstein Holland's Hope Ed Rosenthal Superbowl Santa Maria Red Congolese Nebula Mendocino Perps Mr. Hood Magic Elvis Romulan Grapefruit Monkey Pop Aurora Borealis The Third Soul Assassin OG. Frisian Dude.